Hello and welcome to Scopy Radio. My name is Daniel Johansson. And I'm Maureen Smith. And today we are joined by Jean Marie Kate of Martha May. How are you today? I'm well. How are you too? I'm doing really well. It's Wednesday for those concerned about the day that in which we were recording. <laughs> oh, thank God. I was so concerned. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Yeah, my pleasure. We uh, are just kind of big fans of your store. Oh, thank we, you. I don't even know how we first learned about it. Probably just doing the walking up and down Clark thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you walk in and it just, you just get hit over the head with a pan of aesthetic. Just like, <laughs> it's so, so cool. And then you start kind of like picking through, or not pick, but like looking through and you realize there's, that... There's no real picking. It's yeah. very it's very deliberate. Like you, you go and you just absorb. Mm-hmm. It's really cool. I, I'm already finding myself jumping into questions, but I want to contextualize <laughs> more. Um, so I'm curious if you would be willing to introduce our audience to what Martha May is. Okay, yeah. Um, Martha May is a shop in Andersonville. Um... The sort of armature of the curation is um, art, art supplies, and beautiful, useful things. Um, and beautiful is subjective, and so it's sort of my aesthetic and my um, my idea of what is beautiful, which is always kind of evolving and um, getting more comfortable with. Like, right now with winter, I love dead sticks like I love um yeah it's winter like I love dead things (laughs) dead sticks and like I come from um southern California originally so if like if something is dried out and brown and like dead looking then it's like it's really dead you know (laughs) but here it's just like a hibernation phase and it's like oh there's possibility that it'll come back and it's like wow that's pretty amazing (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I th- that's very true. Well, the thing that I that struck me even from the first time walking into your store is both the beauty and the aesthetic, but also so functional. Like everything is very organized by like a person. Like if, if a person walks in and they're one medium right, like they're in it, they would go to a space and then like in that space it's like okay there's the first thing they're probably looking for and then here's the second thing they're probably looking for and then here's the third thing they're probably like it's very it's very intentionally laid out in in that way functionally and that's something that i've been finding in my own creative processes in the last like year or two i've been thinking a lot about is that kind of balance between function and aesthetic because sometimes that they can be at odds is that do you find that those two things like find a marriage for you easily or or do you does one tend can one outweigh the other? Well, I was thinking about it because um, I also sell art at my store, which a lot of it is um, like my own paintings and drawings, and I do a little bit of ceramic work, and none of it is functional. Like I, some of my ceramic work, it's getting into like I'm making these kind of like fruit lounges, you know, <laughs> but they're like super impractical. Because wait, 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 you? I, I got that what you yeah. said, but I want to like I want to live in that for a second. <laughs> So it's like this coil built sort of really organic um, sort of shape that that just kind of comes up from from doing each individual coil. And it's like way too labor intensive, like completely impractical. And then it's just for like your fruit to like 
lie down in like it's great for like a banana here a sweet potato here like a stack of apples I just love that though like i like i feel like <laughs> i've done my fruit a disservice by not by not that. allowing it to lounge right right, right. <laughs> no we, we pile our fruit we don't allow right. it we don't give it space to breathe mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> i love the thought of um beautiful like beautiful functional things yep like or beautiful useful things because i feel like you know when i was when i was a kid i was the kid who never had i never had like a lisa frank folder i always had like the just like plain like color-coded matching color-coded notebooks per the teacher's specification you know plain trapper keeper like it was function over everything else and and i was always like yeah like these do the job but like i wish that they were just like nicer i wish that they were prettier because you know a third grader doesn't understand the doesn't really understand like oh like you know the lisa frank folder was four dollars and the this one was 75 cents so like we're gonna get that one and and so i like i like the idea of like prioritizing like yes this is useful but it's also beautiful what kind of led you to that space I think that's just sort of um, where I've always naturally been at. Like, I um, I love objects, you know? Like, and um, I grew up with four siblings, and um, there's, like, a seven-year age gap between me and my next um, older sibling. And so, like, three of them were, like, teenagers when I was, like, around five, you know? And... Um, so as they moved out of the house, like, I really kind of got to know them through their things, you know? Oh, cool. Yeah, and so, because we weren't really like, hey, what's up with your life? Like, what's going on? You know, so, like, I've always kind of, um, yeah, been interested in physical objects and, like, what people choose for themselves and, like, um, also, like, yeah, I... I'm a little bit of, like, a magpie, too, you know? So, like, um, beautiful things just kind of have always been really attracted, attractive to me. And I would make these little altars growing up, like, of my things, you know? Like, it was a big thing to, like, rearrange my shelf with, like, little things I had collected. Like, and not so much that it's, like... Because I feel like you can also get to the place where it's, like, overwhelming mm-hmm. with, like, how many things you have. But also, like, that's also an amazing thing. Like, my mom has, like, she keeps so much stuff. But it's all, like, I don't know. There's, like, a warmth to that. Like, she kept, like, all my drawings, you know, from, like, when I was, like, five. And, like, she hung them up behind her bed. Like, um, but, yeah, I think... Um, there's something nice about having, like, a quality, like, a well-made, beautiful object that, like, you have to take care of, you know, like, and notice, you know, because it's so easy to just kind of, like, not notice anything about, like, your daily routines, and, like, I'm, I'm not really, like, a special events kind of person or vacation person I'm like my daily life like is my life you know (laughs) so like making trying 
to make that as special as possible and being as present as I can in that is kind of my goal right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, and the other thing that I think is really interesting is I think that it's really easy when you have something that you're like, this is beautiful, to not use it. Oh, totally. And and <laughs> I, the thing that is so cool about a lot of the things that you find at your store and just like things that I, I is that, that it has that both, ca- like the thing I'm thinking of is, um, cause it's like a very certain kind of person that, that appreciates that kind of a thing. And like, we, there's like, like, for example, there's like the scented inks. Oh Yeah. Which oh. is like <clears throat> I got my sister in law. I like last Christmas. I got my sister in law a pen and some scented ink. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and it's yeah. like if you if you don't use it, you're not getting what it's what it is. Right. And totally. it, that is such a. I don't know. Like I I I I think that it's um because it's it's very much that thing of I feel like we were talking to someone recently about like the idea of like analyzing overanalyzing something versus just doing the thing and I think it's interesting like I, I'm not really landing on a question here but no I I think so in terms of like the in terms of the things in your store in your mind are you know let's say a pen that you sell at your store would you say that in your mind, it is more beautiful or more useful? I'd say, like, both. You know, like, yeah. I don't. you don't have to choose. That's the, the amazing thing. Well, because I, I'm very much one of those people where, like, if I'm given something really beautiful that is also useful, I'm probably not going to use it. Because That's I'm very, so funny. I'm, yeah. like, really, I'm, like, afraid of it being gone. Yeah. Oh, I had that issue growing up with planners, like, or diaries. Like, I got this kind of, like, looking back on it now, it's, like, really kind of silly, but it was, like, this horse-themed diary (laughs) with, like, an old-timey, like, like, you know, faux gold clasp, and I wrote in the first page, and I was just, like, this is shit. You know, like, you ruined it, Gene. You ruined it. (laughs) And I left it for a little bit, and then I tore it out, and then I was like, no, the terror has ruined it further, you know? Like, I'm just keep, like, messing it up. Um, I bet that that journal is somewhere in the house I grew up in. (laughs) I need to find it, but... Yeah, totally. I think... um, And then over the years, like, as I've had journals or diaries, I... um, I find clever ways to sort of, um, cause I don't look back at it really. Um, and so like I've gotten into this kind of where I fold every page into different shape and then the notebook becomes this other sculptural thing, um, that I was like, Hmm, maybe I should cast this in bronze, you know, and make a a useless object out of like, you know, (laughs) this notebook, um, full of, full of your thoughts, but that no one can ever access again. Right. Totally. (laughs) Or I would like write these letters and I would like scratch out like almost every word where like, it was like a full page of writing, but then like two sentences were left. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah. But I, yeah. And I, I don't know. I'm so sorry if I'm about to jump into something that, like, is too cultural. Like, the Marie Kondo thing, I'm thinking about that all of a sudden a lot now. And I realize the thing for me that is the most 
frustrating about it because obviously it's a great way to think about like things but it's the it's the way that it ends up happening in cultural practice of like okay well now just a bunch of people are gonna just recycle or throw out a bunch of things at once and it's like i for me i, I the thing i think of is the degree of like there are so many things that you have already that are useful right totally and, and if you just throughout your life took some time to be like okay maybe this thing doesn't spark as much joy as it did when i first got it but i could still probably find a use for it to do something or or not or give it or or something and i that piece is something that i think is like lost on because i've become very much like i like with things cuz i'm i'm also very like thing driven like i have tons of books like i love especially love and this is something that i think is a really interesting kind of parallel to the work you do i really love creative tech so i love like computers that you can make things on and you can totally. you know obviously microphones and cameras and things like that so like that that piece is really interesting to me where it's like these things are always useful and it's like sure maybe you have one more camera than you need any at any given time but that thing is useful like it has value like the thought of just tossing out in mass everything that you have that is not immediately useful or does not immediately spark joy is like it's just so it's like a very american solution to a japanese way of thinking <laughs> like and it that that i have no idea why i'm so sorry to take the interview with you to finally verbalize <laughs> what it is specifically about cuz obviously it's an interesting show and like it's really well produced and you know but um but yeah like things are we like naturally i think assign sentiment and meaning to things in so many ways like whether or not they're ours or not and that is such a and it's especially well let me let me let me before i start just more making more thoughts i'm going to yeah. ask you an actual question do you uh <laughs> do you think that artists can make things are tend to make things more sentimental or less sentimental like by using it in their work or just in general the way they view ob physical objects let me I'll, I'll um i'll i'll the what about how has running a store that sells things that are kind of geared toward creative clientele like like that you have so many tools and, and kind of creative that you have the creative person in mind when you curate how has that uh changed the way that you think about things i think mostly i've just found a lot of like joy through the shop because i get to you know enjoy the things and be like, oh, this is a really like well-designed, amazing tool. Um, but I don't necessarily have to like have them all, you sure. know, for myself. And so um, I think it's just really nice to kind of become part of the or play a small role in like people's everyday routines or like their, you know, sketching pack or something, you know, or like if they find a pen they really like and then that then translates um 
you know, into their work or, um, yeah, that's been really kind of exciting about the shop. Um, but in general with things too, like, um, I think I'm also drawn to them because they're not like us, you know, they're not like they can last, you know, like we can last a little bit, you know, but so much is like, um, ephemeral you know like so like mm-hmm. we're so complicated you know and there's so much that can happen and like that can happen with things too but in general they're like um what you what it is is what it is yeah and then also it can like like i can have a thing like i still have like a sketch or a notebook um of my grandmother's you know and she died when i was like eight or something and it's just like are things I think that's why people are interested or like have an attachment to things because things don't die you know <laughs> like and I guess that's also like a problem now because like we're, we've over the last 50 years we've made so many things in fucking plastic <laughs> and yeah. it's like that shit's never gonna die right. you know <laughs> right. and maybe it needs to you yeah. know like Absolutely. um so yeah well oh uh, yeah isn't it it and I think that this is unique to people who have had, you know, family members, you know, die and, you know, you've had to, like, go through their things. Like, that that experience of, like, you know, going through, like, a grandparent's belongings to, like, get it out of their house or something like that, it, it really shapes, in that moment, your relationship with things. Because, like... You're right. The things don't die. It's not like when somebody dies, all of their stuff that they've accrued vanishes with it. It's something that you then have to contend with. And I think that um, kind of going along with like the Marie Kondo, like, does this spark joy thing? I think that, you know, your your hesitation of getting rid of a thing because like right, maybe it doesn't spark joy right now, but it might spark joy later. It being like you know, oh, this sparked joy for this person, but I'm looking at it right now and it's just one of 70 things that we need to sort through. And, yeah, uh, things. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I think it's easy to get, like, overwhelmed and just be like, like, I was talking to somebody who was like, yeah, like, I was doing the the, um, KonMari method this summer and I got rid of all my outerwear for winter because I was just, like, in it. You know, <laughs> and I didn't think like, you know, and so, yeah, totally. Like, yeah, yeah. this isn't sparking and, joy for me in July, right? yeah. but man, I'll tell you what, that scarf was, would have sparked me joy right now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I kind of want to, I want to take a step back and I want to ask you um, if you could tell us a little bit about the history of the shop. Like how, how long has it been existing? <laughs> <laughs> and and how did it get started? Yeah, it's been about um, two years now. Um, really? Yeah. Wow, I didn't realize that it had it, it had only been two years. Yeah. Well, I had originally um, gotten the space with a business partner, and we were going to make it into a, a community arts studio. And so we had a bunch of like wheels at the front, um, and a big work table in the center, and. It, it fell flat, like, real quick, you know, like, in a couple of months. And so um, 
I was like, okay, I'll buy her out of the business and then we'll like, you know, I'll have this space. Cause I was like, I want this space, you know, like I want it. Um, and I wanted, I still want to like do my own project. And so then I was like, okay, so this time around, you know, there needs to be like no compromise. Like I just need to fill this space with what I want and like Mm -hmm. with my work and like just really make it as me as possible and as authentic as possible. And then hopefully people respond to it, you know? Um, and so that's, that's kind of how it, how it got started. Do you think having that, like, because that's such a, because it's, and and obviously it's evolved, but you know, I could have, like, I'm trying to think now, it's probably been like a year and a half since we came in and, and from the get, like it, it very much had that essence, that like that immediacy of concept. Do you think that having that, uh, bill to fill, I guess, if you will, like this, like, okay, this is an empty space that I need to fill with the concept. Like did that help you? Cause it's, cause it's impressive. Like, it's like that, like how long did that, take the the assembly if you will well it was kind of I think I've always wanted to kind of create my own universe you know even when I was at school I would hop like people would say what is it they would say like oh I dabble in a lot of different mediums and I like worked in a lot of different mediums and stuff but it was it wasn't like an aimless kind of thing it was like i want to make everything <laughs> you know <Yeah. laughs> like even um like i i did like some quilting on my own and um paper making and ceramics and painting and like yeah it's just like i think even from when i was first like when I was about, like, 16, I realized, like, oh, like, art is the way for me to live, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. this is the way I can communicate. This is the way, like, I can go forward, you know? Like, up until that point, it was pretty, like, holy fuck, you know? (laughs) Like, what is this shit? You know, like, (laughs) just, like, survive day to day. And then I was, like, and, like, um, having that tool of communication all of a sudden opened to me, I was, like, wow you know and so um so the challenge of the shop it was kind of just like this slow building process of like both seeing what people wanted and what they'd respond to um but also just kind of like going for it in terms of like things that I like and think you know well, and what I like about the the uncompromising aspect of it is that, like, you know, let's say in a world where for some reason that concept didn't work out, yep. it it what I like about that is that it wouldn't there wouldn't be any question of like, oh, maybe if I had been more true to myself, yeah, right? like it would just be a matter of like, it's not what the community needed at this point, right. Totally. Which is like, which is something that is way easier to rec- way easier to reckon with than 
wow, maybe if I had just followed my heart a little bit more. Maybe right. if I had been more confident. It's like, no, I was confident. It just wasn't the time. Well, totally. and that's also the piece that's really relatable. I mean, that piece is very relatable to me, but also the piece that's really relatable is the idea, because I think a lot of artists fall into this right now, of being drawn by many mediums at once. Yep. Like, to, to talk about me for a second. Like, the, so, <laughs> I don't know if we've mentioned this yet, but definitely on the show we've mentioned this, but... Maureen and I both are opera singers originally. Oh, amazing. Um, but it was very much that thing of, you know, I know you were, uh, uh, you played a lot of bluegrass instruments and mm -hmm. did a lot of different kind of singing. Yeah. And I was really drawn by writing and, and by English and by journalism. Um, and I remember in school like that, you, you know, because like I, I wasn't bad at singing at all and I, I loved doing it and it was something that I was drawn to. But it was, there was also a lot of like, well, you know, you really got to focus and you got to like, you mm -hmm. can't be so distracted by, you know, and I'm not, this, I'm not like saying this to, but like, cause I was, I was pulled a lot by like wanting to bring up the political aspect of performing and, and, and how like the English language is formed around performing and drawn by kind of like cultural pieces to all of it. And that was kind of not like that, that degree of kind of like the creative side of like, pulling from different influences and pulling from different mediums wasn't immediately like understood as because like at the time I think it's one of those things where you can kind of you can see shimmers of what the overall pack like when you're and and basically where I'm going with all of this is to ask if this is something that happened for you and this is definitely one of those thoughts as a, sometimes I have these thoughts as a journalist where I'm like I really look forward to figuring out how to ask this question in 10 words but this question I have in I have it in 300 words yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry about that no worries um but it's it's an interesting thing for me when an artist is drawn by multiple mediums at once because you you kind of know what you're doing when you're doing it but you couldn't I like I couldn't verbalize someone yeah, like, I'm studying opera, and I'm really passionate about writing, and I'm really passionate about the artistic and the political and culture, because I want to be a podcast host <laughs> that writes articles and perform sometimes, and, like, what I'm doing now. And, like, I like I didn't know that, this, that that's what that looked like. Like, I think it was, like, you kind of see, like, pieces of, like, okay, well, this is something I'm good at, and I love doing it. So I'm going to do a little more of that. I'm going to learn photography. I'm going to learn this and that and the other. And I that I so I guess this entire story is to to just ask like did you like when you were pulled by different mediums like did you see the light at the end of the tunnel? Like did you did you was there doubt for you? Was there doubt from others? Like how did that kind of manifest? Yeah, I think um I, I'm really lucky with my parents because they, they're kind of, my mom has always been super supportive, like, any activity I did when I was little, like, she was like, Jean, like, is the best sw swimmer, or like, she's such a beautiful singer, <laughs> like, like, just like, I think it gave me this, um, you know, I... I don't know. I think it gave me um, a sort of encouragement about, like, creative things. Like, like I didn't, you know, obviously I, I don't swim or I'm not singing, but, like, um, I felt like even in projects, like, when I was really young, when we would do, like, art projects, 
like I'd be like, oh, this is a lot easier. Like this doesn't feel like a a push, you know, or like this is like actually fun or like I could actually like if I spend three hours do like doing this weird, you know, like history report where I draw like a map, you know, like and I just am like decorating this map for hours like (laughs) I'm into it, you know, Um, but yeah, I guess I've been lucky because like my parents didn't really say like, oh, get get a a, a job that'll make my dad's a piano tuner you know like <laughs> he's not gonna tell me like become a cool. a cpa you know like um but i feel like we know people that are looking for a piano tuner by the way if that's yeah. a thing yeah oh totally yeah well he um he lives in southern california oh, okay. unfortunately <laughs> well if you want to bring your right. piano to southern california yeah. <laughs> um but like yeah, they were they were mostly like my dad's advice to me was like find something you're good at and that you like doing and then just do that. And then um other than that, I felt like nobody was really paying attention or nobody was like really like, you know, looking at me or on me to like do anything, you know? So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do my thing, you know? I'm going to just try it out. Um, I definitely didn't think anything would work work out, you know, like up until even like recently, you know, like, like the last, like when I started the shop, I was like, okay, this is like a growing project, you know, like, and nothing happens instantly, you know, like. And you just have to, like, go with the growth and see what's what's happening and, like, be ready to, like, move and react. And um, and now I'm like, this is weird. Things are kind of going kind of well. You know, like, it looks like it might, like, be okay. And so I am, um, yeah, just kind of going with it. Um, well, you landed in, a, in an amazing community. Yeah to totally. like such an such a supportive and like artist centric and small business forward community like totally how has like did you know that you wanted to open up in Andersonville or was there was it just a matter of like oh here's a space that I like that was actually my my former business partner she lived in Andersonville and loved it and I she was like we should open up here and I was like okay and so I moved up and I went to women and children first and I was like, okay, this is an amazing (laughs) neighborhood and, you know, tree lined streets. And, um, like before I was living kind of in the gold coast with like an L with like, I was on like the 21st floor and I'd have to like pass an elevator person every time. Yeah. Completely different. And then I was like, wait, I have a front door and a back door and I don't have to see anybody either time I leave or go. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so exciting. Um, yeah, so it's been it's been really good and also like being part of the community and like meeting business owners and like knowing people. Like every time I go to the farmer's market, I'll run into somebody I know, you know, and it's just like, what is this? Like, because growing up, I never knew my neighbors or anybody really. And I'm like, wow, this is like, where am I? <laughs> Who am I? I love that about this neighborhood. Yeah. Like whenever whenever I have people visit me or like people come over and we're walking around, 
inevitably I see someone I know on the street and I'm yeah. like, I'll be like, Oh my God, like, it's so nice to see you. Like my brother, my brother and his wife live in New York and whenever they come to Chicago to, you know, to visit or, you know, whatever, they will be walking around and we'll see three people and they'll be like, are you the mayor? <laughs> like, why right? are you, like, do you, why do you know so many people? I'm like, honestly, it's just this neighborhood. Like, yeah. like there's so many, there's so many opportunities to like go out and do things here and like it's the same people who go out and do things and like inevitably a lot of people that we know just end up living so it's just i don't know it's just i i don't know i really like andersonville um i want to talk about your dog oh yes (laughs) um as people who are our business model is very cat centric yes and as i have your cat on my lap like very pro dog too. Like well, yeah. yeah, but I mean, like the fact is, like Creature forward. Look around. Yeah, there yeah. are cats here. Um, and not that we're not pro dog. We're in fact like Scott, um, Scoppy North, aka my mom's house in Milwaukee. Yeah. There's a dog there. So I guess we're just like furry friend forward. Um, but um, I'm wondering, like, what? Because Martha May is the name of your dog. Yes. So what what uh, what led you to kind of go all in on like centering the branding of your store around around your dog? Well, it was kind of a toss up because like people were like, oh, you know, you're mostly going to be showing your artwork. Maybe you should name it after yourself. And I was like, no way. You know, like, <laughs> I wasn't. Maybe one day I'll be at that point in my life, but I don't write like. When I started, I wasn't, and I probably still am not. And recently we made Martha um, stickers and Martha packing tape for our, our online orders. And it just brought me so much joy. And, like, I was like, wow, I've made it. You know, like, yeah. I had this amazing artist, um, Kate Pugsley, do um, an illustration of Martha. And then now it's, like, Martha merch all yeah. over the place, you know. Um, but... Everything I've, I've like, when I first paint, started painting, every single painting was of my mom. And so, I like, 20 or 30 paintings, you know? Um, and so I was like, okay, so it's either going to be me, eh, no, my mom or Martha. And I was like, well, I'll do Martha. <laughs> like, my mom is, you know, the most important um, person, but in my life but um I felt like Martha is the most you know like in terms of my life here because my mom lives back in Southern California like like Martha's kind of an extension of me but she's not me you know and so and also one of the main reasons to open the shop was so that I could bring Martha there and we could hang out all the time, you know? And um, so it made sense that it would be named Martha. You, I think that you really won the, the dog in the store lottery because yeah. it, so just to set the scene, you walk in, <laughs> you walk into the store and it's, it's like a, it's a big rectangle, you know? So it's, you, there's a long, there's a long wall that leads up to the, register and you know you see like you see a basket on the counter (laughs) and you're like oh there's probably like 
It's probably a fruit knickknacks. lounge. Knickknacks. <laughs> it's probably a fruit lounge. <laughs> yeah. Or the oh, like oh, that's probably knickknacks. And then the closer you get, you realize that it is just a beautiful dog <laughs> inside of that basket. Like, has she always been that temperament? Totally. Oh yeah. my god. And she like she grew up in the gold coast and so like she would have i had this little like sneak bag where i would take her everywhere and and she would just be like this little meditating being like she'd just be like a little stone at the bottom of this bag like she would just go into this like deep quiet peaceful place when she was in the bag and so she likes spaces like that but you know, when you get a, a dog, they're like, oh, you need to socialize the dog. And there was like a a dog park or an unofficial dog park near where we lived. And we would go and she would see the dogs running around and she'd just be like, where the fuck are we? She would be like, why are they running? Like, why are they so uninhibited? You know, like, like, what the fuck is going on? You know, because like when she does it, like, because she can get, you know, kind of wild and loose and she like she likes to chase leaves and like you know um play fetch with her stuffed animals but like i don't think she realizes like she has no mirror to see like that's what she's sure. doing so yeah. when she sees other dogs doing it she's like oh my gosh what are they doing you know <laughs> so uncivilized yeah and so she she's always been a people dog you know yeah. like so she loves meeting people and i feel like at the beginning of her life she didn't get to meet as many people as she wanted and so now she finally has the social life that she always needed craved wanted and um she's loving it yeah she's just shining and you know getting pets and napping and um yeah she loves it um what has um what has like having an animal in your workspace done for you and your process? Um, she is everything. Like I love her so much. And like, um, in terms of the shop, she's just like, even just her energy, just being there, like it kind of mellows me out. And like, um, sometimes with people with like, a lot of people I get a little frazzled and sometimes if if you ever hear Martha doesn't bark very often but if like my friend pointed this out and I was like oh no she was like I like whenever you get stressed or like you seem like 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 Martha like kind of like is like what's going on you know and she'll like kind of get amped up too um, and I'm like, Martha, stop giving me away, you know, like, <laughs> stop reading my energy. Um, but yeah, she's just amazing. And um, I'm actually going to start um, a new series of paintings. Maybe right now I'm like, am I just going to talk about this new series of paintings or am I actually going to make them? Um, <laughs> I find that as a person that, that gets exactly what you're talking about, having speaking that truth into a microphone is so helpful to that <laughs> not to like but i will speak it and so i'm I'm working i'm thinking about working on this um series of like blanket paintings um and actually going back to the marie kondo thing um i've been kind of reorganizing my house and i found like one of my old sheets 
And at first I was going to donate it. And then I was like, no, this is going to be part of the the blanket painting. And then the blanket paintings are also going to incorporate Martha's hair because there's no way. Because I'm thinking about like using some like, you know, cotton batting and stuff. And there's no way Mm -hmm. I could have that in my apartment without getting Martha's hair on it. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to make Martha's hair part of the piece. And like, you know, it'll be like blanket painting or whatever the the title is. And then it's going to be like materials and it's going to be like Martha's hair (laughs) (laughs) a little you get a little piece of Martha a little piece of Martha yeah so I want to um we have a few minutes left before we have a few minutes left (laughs) and I find I've been finding myself in the last couple weeks be be, this being a a place that I always want to ask about just kind of you know and especially with it being situated in Andersonville one of the things that we ask a lot about is what it means to be here in Chicago doing the work that you're doing. But, um, and also like as an extension of that, what it means to be doing that work in a neighborhood like this. So yeah, so that's the actual questions. Sorry. Like what, how has being in this city framed the way that you are doing what you're doing? Yeah, I, um, Because I originally came to Chicago for school, um, and then I ended up staying, and at, like, the the nine-year mark, I was like, I guess I like it here, you know, (laughs) or I was like, like, or, like, I felt like, oh, it takes me that long to just get used to a place, you know, like, because I'm so into just, like, the daily routines, and, like, I'm, a lot of the time, I can be kind of, like... I have this kind of micro focus, you know, on like what's happening in the the gutters and like, like, like look at that beautiful leaf or like, um, but yeah, I love um, the seasons here. I think they're great. And coming from Southern California where it's like almost this like, I don't know, you track time differently almost mm-hmm. because there are no real se- like there's like the Santa Ana winds start kicking up and then like fires but then like fires start happening you know any time of year kind of um and it's almost this kind of like seasonless place um but here I don't know I like I like seeing like that kind of cycle go on and I'm like, wow, this is, this is nice. Um, and also the people and the relationships I'm starting to build here have been really amazing. I'm like, wow, I didn't know this could happen, you know? And like, um, yeah, it's been really great. We had a similar thing. We were talking to someone about Florida. Yeah. Cause I'm from, I not originally, I lived in Florida for like 10 years and yeah. we had a, collective that lived in Florida that are like eight people all from Florida yeah and it is a a thing of like there are no markers of time right yeah yeah and and also and I don't know if this is true to Southern California but Florida there's a lot of art there's a lot of creativity and a lot of artistry happening yeah but it's also like there it's a lot of people just doing what they want to do and not really like working towards community building yeah yeah when I when I first moved here, I was like, 
why are people so fr- friendly? You know, yeah. like, yeah. why are they talking to me? You know, or like, just making small talk, like even with people. Yeah, and now I, I'm like, you know, I'm like the queen of small talk now. And I'm like, what what happened? Yeah, you know, like, you over, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's great. And um, yeah, Maureen, M- Milwaukee Maureen over here is just like, <laughs> what? What do you mean? I'm, but see, I'm, <laughs> what is big talk? Well, no, like in my mind, like I've just always been the kind of person that like, I've always been the kind of person where I walk into a a Walgreens and the cashier just tells me their life story. Right. Where it's, you know, whether that's a life story I want to hear or not is neither here nor there. But, um, you're going to talk it out. Yeah, exactly. And so like for me, and so I've. Because and, and I I like that just because like I really like talking to people and I really like learning about their about their <laughs> lives and um and so like that's that's like one of my favorite things about community building and like one of my fa- <clears throat> one of my favorite things about doing this is that like it's a, it's just an opportunity for me to hear like oh like I don't know because I mean not because not everybody is from here and and appreciates that level of small talk yeah I don't know. Yeah. I like yeah. it. As the Midwest ambassador here, yeah. I say, yeah. "Hooray for small talk!" Yeah, <laughs> I do. I do love ca- Southern California, though. Um, I've never been to California. I really want to go. It's wild. It's great. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. Really also want to go. Yeah. Well, um, we have a few minutes left, so the last thing we love to do with all of our guests is a one-minute plug for anything they have upcoming. Um, sometimes that's very obvious, like letting people know where they can find your store if you had one, if you had one. <laughs> uh, we love hearing any shout-outs to other folks that are doing dope work or any media that you're personally consuming, self-care or otherwise, music, movies, TV shows, things like that. Oh, perfect. Um, so we... The Andersonville Chamber is putting on this event um, February 2nd and 3rd. Um, it's called Hooga Fest. And so a bunch of the Andersonville businesses and restaurants and things are going to be participating in this kind of Hooga coziness, warmth festival kind of a, a thing. And um, we're going to be collaborating with Edgewater Candles to make like this little mini candle. Oh my God. Um, Edgewater Candles, we would totally have you on the podcast. <laughs> yes. I will make that joint email thing. Yay! Make it happen. Well, you could make it happen too, but yeah. <laughs> like, you both are wonderful. Or all of you are wonderful people, and I bet you'd get along. But, um, yep. And then on that Sunday from 11 to 3, we're going to be partnering with, um, we're doing a pop up with Sir Dogwood. They're an amazing Chicago, Amsterdam based um, dog and pet um, line. They sort of curate um, modern pet accessories and clothing that are just out of this world um, amazing. And so they're going to be in the shop and Martha's going to buy all of the sweaters. <laughs> um, but yeah, Martha's going to buy them. Yeah, totally. <laughs> out of your hands (laughs) and if you haven't seen their instagram or their website like the lifestyle photos of these dogs and cats are just out of this world um but yeah so that's the main thing and then um you can come visit us in andersonville um 5407 north clark street or um we have an online shop at well as well um marthamay.info and yeah 
Nice. Well, thank you all so much for listening. I've been Daniel Johansson. I continue to be Maureen Smith. Also, thank you so much for being here. Thank you I've for been having working me. Really hard. I realize we've done 250 episodes of the podcast where I've not thanked the guest at the end. And like, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna fix that anyway. Um, if you want to learn more about Scopy Magazine, there are a ton of ways you can do that. The first is to head over to scopymag.com. That's our website. We post our, all of our articles and podcast episodes there. Um, you can also find us on social media on Facebook. We have a Facebook page called Scopy Magazine. We also have a Facebook group that we love and adore called Sounding Board, where we talk about local arts, local politics, and astrology memes. Otherwise, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr under Scopy Mag, spelled the same way as the website, S-C-A-P-I-M-A-G. And you can find the podcast, the one that you are listening to right now in all the podcast places, including Google Plays, Google Play, iTunes Podcasts, and Radio Public under Scopy Radio. And I'm here, as always, talk, to talk about the importance of subscribing. If you head to our website, scopymag.com, and go to our subscribe page, there are a couple ways that you can do that. The first is to sign up for email blasts. This is huge because even though we post across social media platforms, Facebook buries our content. So, if you want to see 100% of what we're doing, and not just 30% of it, you should sign up for those email blasts. The second thing you can do is become a member. For as little as $5 a month, you can help us keep our lights on and pay our artists. If you're in a position to do so, there are some cool incentives associated with it, so give it some thought. Also, if you are a business or an entity or just have something fun to say and are interested in advertising, please feel free to reach out to us at scopybag at gmail.com. So... Give a little, give a lot, and if you can't give, then listen, participate, and share. Cool. Thanks again so much for listening. Go out and make something. Yep.